Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, greetings and salutations, members of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, and of course, viewers of the Top 20. It is September 7th. We made it. To be completely ridiculous, everybody just remember to wake up Billy Joe when this month ends. Yes. The joke was barely funny the first time. First time, the last time, for the last time, for the first time, Lone Star, yeah, Lone Star, your host, your Hard Rock Lunchbox. Um, I am woefully underslept, I know that will come as no surprise or shock to regular viewers of the Top 20, but yep, here we are, just super exhausted, having a lot of trouble dealing with the intense heat here in the Northeast, I don't mean to start the show with weather discussions, because... I'm not some psychopath, but if you are in the Northeast, you may have noticed people just melting beside you as you go outside, and uh, I have decided to pick this time of year to actually just start walking more. It seems really stupid, or seems really silly, or maybe it doesn't seem any of those things, but it seems silly to me because like, this is the thing where I'm just going to try this for a little while, and by try this, I mean go out and walk, use my God-given legs and feet and just walk around. I'm doing it for a multitude of reasons, but not the least of which is that it's just something I can do. Um, I have been, um, I've been doing this for about three weeks now, four weeks, my own four weeks, might be three weeks. Uh, and I just sort of made like, um, um, accountability, uh, with my day to day, uh, my weekly, uh, life coaching therapist sort of guy uh, that I would just do it that first week because I wanted to do just a simple experiment to see um, how to, to basically to see how I could manage this so I have a lot of things working against me I know shocker I have a lot of things working against me including very poor time management skills I'm having a lot of trouble with my uh, newer job uh, in terms of scheduling uh, there's lots of reasons for that uh, I could make it interesting, but it'd be way too much work, so I'll just leave it as, just trust me. Uh, also, um, my health is just seriously, seriously failing lately, and it's a function of um, inability to be active, as active as I used to be or want to be, uh, and also just sleep and just all the medical stuff I've been going through, none of which is like health-related in a way like, oh, your advanced age. It's not that. It's just been a, been a bunch of things kind of coming at the same time, which sucks, but it makes it very difficult to do anything. So I decided that since I wasn't able to get really back to the gym... By the way, I'm looking at the temperature right here on the computer. It says it's 94 degrees outside. Dude, it is September, bruh. <laughs> yeah, te technically it's still summer, but we're really at the end of summer here. Man. We really should be cruising until the 80s, but it's 94, and I'm going to... I'm going to hit the street, the streets in a little while and get out and walk. But anyway, so um, so I've basically decided that I'm not going to try and go back to the gym until we get closer to the winter for a couple of reasons. 
and these all might sound terribly stupid, but but they're important to me, or they they're, maybe they're not even important to me as much as they are just the reasons that I'm dealing with, right? So uh, I have this window of time where I can go to the gym, right? Like that that's it. I really can't go too late in the day. I can't go super early in the morning because there's just there's way too many people there, and I. I I honestly don't know what's happening with me mentally, but I'm having a lot more anxiety problems than I used to. It's probably a function of uh, lack of sleep and maybe even weight and probably just where I am and what I'm dealing with in my life. But, like, I don't want to go back on meds. I mean, I'll take them if I need to, if it becomes that serious. But, like, I really just don't want to go back on them. They cause way too many problems. Uh, and they've done irreparable damage to me, in my opinion. So I don't want to go back on them if I, if I can help it. But I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety issues. So I'm trying to go to the gym. I was trying to go to the gym when there weren't a lot of people. Now, what I was really digging is I had decided that I wasn't going to do free weights or, like, even the machines anymore. I was going to work strictly on cardio and, like, stair-stepping and stuff, although that's technically cardio. I had a very specific reason for doing that. And I was doing really, really well for a while. But then what happened is my schedule sort of just shifted, and I could not figure out a reliable time when I could go, Some sometime when I was awake enough to do it, sometime when I knew the gym wouldn't be slamming crowded, and, you know, something I could just go do, and that's actually what led me to the walking, because you can kind of walk anywhere, and so I basically just walk out my front door, and the trick for me, and I don't know, if I'm, t- I'm telling you this because I don't know if this would help anybody else. But the trick for me and the key to my success so far is I literally just make the decision like, okay, I'm going to go now. Like I finish like a spot at work. I'll take my lunch break. I'm going to go now. I have my walking shoes like literally five feet from where I sit for work. Um, I can change clothes if I want. I can just wear whatever I want, whatever I have too. But the the point of it is I make a decision. I'm like, I'm going to go now. And I put my shoes on. And I grab my phone and my earbuds and my key, and I am out the door. I can do this in about two and a half minutes. And that seems to be a good amount of time to keep me and my brain from, like, coming up with a reason to sabotage what I'm doing. It also seems to keep, uh, like, it's not enough advance notice to let the world get in the way either. Very few phone calls can come in in a two and a half minute period. Uh, nobody actually wants anything from me in that general amount of time. And the other secret is I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to get in the car and do anything like that. I also don't have to bring water like I would have to for the gym. Like I drink enough water. Like I'll go out and if I'm just dying for water, I will just come back. Also, like I have my phone with me. If I have to Apple Pay a dollar of water, like I can do that. Like I can survive out in the rough streets of South Huntington, New York. That's not really a problem. But the simple fact that I just walk outside, and I haven't even decided where I'm going to go yet or what I'm going to listen to yet, like, that's all part of the journey. And honestly, that takes up a good amount of time. If you're looking for a way to kill time while you're basically just walking around, try and figure out where you're walking to while you're walking there. And then that's always a, that's always a good sign. I mean, the only real decision I have to make is I go straight out of my door. Do I make a right or a left? And then I have an intersection right there, and I can go straight or I can go left. Like, it's a series of decisions I can make kind of right then. And honestly, it's so cool because when you're walking somewhere, you can actually just stop and turn around. Considering I'm not trying to go anywhere at any particular time at any particular speed, I'm just looking to walk for, say, 40 to 60 minutes. Uh, I've crossed the two-mile mark, which was a goal for me, so thank you very much. Uh, That seems to be about, like, what I'm walking now, and my next goal is to walk for just about an hour. I want to see if I can just walk for an hour a day, five times a week, and just sort of see what that does. Now, the reason... 
that is also important. And the reason that I'm also trying to do this is not only is walking just good for you, like it just is because it moves your body around, moves your organs around. Like you're not really supposed to jog or run after a certain age, especially if you're a certain body type. It's really horrendous for your knees. Ask anybody that's had knee replacement surgery after the age of 40. Uh, but it's a good thing to just sort of do because it's one of the few things that you are truly, truly made to do. Humans were made to walk, especially us type O's. And if you want to know why that is, that's a whole other show. But we were made to walk. So it's a really good thing to go out and do. For me, and the reason it's been so important is because I'm able to sort of, um, I have this like well of stuff that I need to listen to or work on or whatever. And I can opt to do any of those things uh, when I walk. For example, I've been listening to Theo Vaughn's podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's like a, almost a three-hour interview. It is taking me for absolutely ever to get through this thing, which is great because it's just building up other stuff that I have to listen to. I've been working on a new song. I've been listening to that a lot lately. Yesterday, I was out for a walk for about 40 minutes, and I was picking all the music that I was going to play today. And by the way, I have a ton of stuff to play today, so it's going to be a good music day for everybody, I think. I've got some new. I've got some old. I've got some so uh, that's going to be good. Um, but it's also a big, giant kind of F you to everything going on in my existence. Because when you just walk out of your house, and I guess I should have known this from watching Forrest Gump as many times as I do. When you just walk out of your house and just start walking, like, that's it, man. Not only does nobody else know where you are, you don't even know where you are, generally speaking, because you're heading somewhere and you kind of haven't decided. Like, and sometimes I'll just walk the park. Like, I did four laps around my park the other day. But, you know, then yesterday I walked all the way around 110, came up, like, behind Uncle Giuseppe's and, like, White Post Farm and stuff like that. Like, took a huge adventure. I was super surprised to see how little time that actually took. Um, but, like, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, I found a new neighborhood last week. Like, I discovered it. Like, Magellan. Like, I discovered a new neighborhood uh, that doesn't even have a road. Like, I got to it from Route 110, um, but it doesn't even have, like, a road associated. It's just a sidewalk, which is, like, hella sketch. So when I get up to that hour, I'm going to, like, go deeper in there. I might just bring, like, a Spanish flag and claim it, like Cortez did, and we'll just sort of see how, and, like, who cares about the natives? Like, I, what am I going to see? Like, a bunch of Aztecs? Like, get, the, get out of here. Come on. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wouldn't stand a chance against Aztecs. They have a lot of cocaine. I think those are the Aztecs. Maybe not. Whoever whoever was in Peru. I'm, Aztecs were in Mexico, right? Is that true? The Incas. The Incas were in Peru. I wouldn't stand a chance against I would hang out with the Incas a lot. That's neither here nor there. Also, if anybody knows any Incas, please give them my number. That'd be, that'd be cool. But anyway, so that's what I'm up to. Um... I have no idea how that started. I do have some stuff to talk about. There's a brand new uh, Top 20 out today. Uh, it's the You Should Eat Paint episode. And by You Should Eat Paint, I do not mean you. I mean, if you're stupid enough to eat paint, go ahead and eat it. Like, it's the whole uh, Chris Porter bit where he talks about, like, let's start taking warning labels off of stuff, right? There's too many people. There's way too many people. And, and, and we need to start easing off some of the resources that we're spending on all these people. Like, I'm just so tired of just arguing with people that are just too stupid to understand what the argument is. And I'm pretty patient, and I'm pretty kind with stuff, but, you know, when people that are, like, definitely staring down a D-plus or better in high school are just arguing with me about stuff that they know for sure, it's like, come on, man. It doesn't even pass the common sense test. And the fact that I continue to learn 
and continue to want to learn honestly makes me a better person than most of the people that I discuss things with. I had somebody shut me down the other day just flat out and be like, listen, I don't agree with stuff you believe and I don't agree with stuff you say. So, like, I don't want to hear it. And I'm like, dude, that is easily the stupidest and most continuing to be stupid approach you can take. If you only want to hear stuff that affirms what you believe, go to church, dude, because that's what that's for. That's faith. That's religion. It's also nonsense and lies. So stop doing that and stop engaging in conversation if you don't want to actually learn anything. Like, you are not advancing society if you're only interested in hearing what you want to hear. Like, we don't need more narcissists in this world. Believe me, we don't. And as much as it sounds narcissistic what I'm saying, it's not. This is socialistic, and I believe in, in, in making society better. And if you're not adding to it, then just leave it, man. Just step out and just get out of the way of everybody that wants to make things better. And that's honestly what you could we totally, totally do for us. And I would very much appreciate that. Um, uh, anyway, there's a new episode out. Uh, there's a full interview with uh, Bacon is My Podcast. That's new stuff. Discussions of drinks. I did not get a chance to listen to. I might listen to it on my afternoon walk if I'm done working on the new material that I'm working on. I'll probably do because uh, I do want to hear about uh, the offspring and uh, Mike's drive through woes because, like, who doesn't want to hear about that stuff? But the thing I wanted to talk about today, and I've actually been, like, chomping at the bit to talk about, very rarely if I had something that I've wanted to talk to you about on a Thursday that, that came my way on a Saturday. Like, I've been wanting to do this all week. Uh, so... And this step, this is exactly what I was talking about in terms of my willingness to, to hear and to learn and to read and to investigate and, you know, hear other people's takes on things. Uh, one of the news sources, and I do mean news, like I'm not even quoting it, one of the news sources that I rely on pretty heavily, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't subscribe to a channel. Like, I'm not like, I only watch M MSNBC. That's not true. I listen to Rachel Maddow. She's a goddamn Rhodes Scholar. Honestly, everybody should listen to Rachel Maddow. And I've already gone through how she handles when she has to issue retractions. And I find that to be the most incredible part of her news delivery, which I love. So I will listen to her and everything she has to say all the time. And if you notice, most of the uh, crap she catches from the right is that she doesn't talk about certain things. It's like, yo, she's on like once a week, maybe twice. She doesn't have to talk about your thing. Like, just... You have people that talk about your thing. She talks about things that are important to her, much like this show. Like, I'm not covering a lot of flat earth information, aside from the fact that it's not true, but also because it's my show and I get to choose what I want to talk about. So one of the other sources of information that I like and have reconnected with recently is the Young Turks. And if you don't know who the Young Turks are, I suggest you check them out. There's enough uh, video stuff that you can see clips and stuff on YouTube without having to pay for it. It is a news organization, and it's not... It's not quite a Patreon sort of situation, but you can pay to join them and, and get that information. And if I had any money, like any money whatsoever left over from my just basic existence, I would probably throw money at this. I'd throw money at this. I'd throw money at Johnny Harris. I would definitely throw money at all the art stuff that I watch because that stuff is dope. But anyway, so this past weekend, I found something on uh, the Young Turks that I thought was very interesting. Oh, and one thing about them that I really like, especially when it's Anna and Chank and they're hosting this, the, the show... They aren't on any particular side. They tend to lean more liberal than anything else because socially liberal is kind of like the, the bent of your more intelligent people. And I don't mean to slam or offend anybody by that, but when you're socially liberal, what you're believing in is stuff like 
gay rights, marriage equality, maybe pay equity, that kind of stuff. Anything that an advanced civilization would kind of go for, that's that's socially liberal. That's where I fall. And as conservative as I can be financially and fiscally, socially, I just I can never get around that stuff. I believe in unions. I believe in gay rights. I believe in you know uh, all the, all the, all that stuff that I just said. You know, women's rights and stuff. You know, I mean, I'd rather, I, 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 would, I would prefer women not talk so much, but they should have rights. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Jim Jeffries has a great joke. He's like, you know how it is with women. I don't want them in my house. Like, if you've not checked out Jim Jeffries, you, you're doing yourself a disservice. So anyway. So the Young Turks this weekend, what I like about them is that as, as much as they lean socially liberal, they really are only interested in, like, accuracy of news reporting. And they bash both sides so hard. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's what I really like about it because you just don't see people doing that. You see people on one team and they're just like, blah, 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 like this. Even Rachel Maddow, like, she'll bash the Biden administration. Bash is the wrong word. She will she'll point out when the Biden administration is doing something wrong or they're lying about something or whatever, which I do appreciate that. <coughs> Excuse me while I die. Um, if that doesn't make a bumper, I don't know what will. Um, but she'll point it out. But the Young Turks actually will bash both sides, and Czech is the best at it. Although, although Anna had the greatest thing because one of Trump's lawyers was apparently like complaining that uh, Trump and MAGA Inc. wasn't paying for her legal defenses for what's going down in Georgia. And she looked right into the camera and she was like, oh, come on. <laughs> Which I thought was just so funny. Like, he's notorious for not paying his bills. Whatever you think about him as president, like anybody in New York and New Jersey knows for a fact the man does not pay his bills. Like, contractors in New Jersey that were building those casinos to date still haven't gotten paid. And he ended up bankrupting bank bankrupting a casino, which I thought was impossible, especially since everything favors the house. But he's notorious for not paying his bills. He doesn't pay his lawyers. Like, this is all knowable. You can just read it, but she was like, I don't understand why he's not paying my legal fees. It's like, he's not even paying your bills. Why would he pay legal bills? But anyway, so I do stuff like that. So this is what happened. So, so this is where I find it interesting because I will just believe the narrative, right? Like, whatever the narrative is. And here's how it goes down that really, really messes me up. So, and I have a whole article, which I may or may not cite about it out of Politico, which is which is good. So here's the thing. For years, for years, uh, Republicans, especially the far-right Trumpy, Trumpy ones, have been talking about how... Uh, you know, America has you know lost energy independence because we're not we're not drilling for enough oil, right? Republicans have been saying that forever. Republicans on Facebook have been saying this forever. Like this is why gas prices are so high because Biden doesn't you know doesn't drill and his green initiatives are stupid and they're not working and all that other stuff. And the Biden administration isn't saying anything to the contrary. In fact, the Biden administration uh, is not even holding like it's canceling a lot of drilling. Um, what's the word? Rights? Is that the right? Is that the right word? Drilling rights for stuff like in Alaska that they give that they gave during the Trump administration. Now these licenses and rights do not mean there's wells there. There aren't. It's just drilling rights, so they own it. So Trump was giving away stuff in Yosemite National Park and in a lot of that 
can't remember the name of it, but that's the world's largest park that's in Alaska, right? Uh, or it's our largest. I think it's our largest park in, Amer- in America is in Alaska. So the problem with drilling for oil in any of these places is anybody that's ever been alive, there's oil spills all the time. Like, and it's not even like it's so bad. Like, oh my God, you guys are you guys suck at it. It's just a dirty job. Like, you're just you know when you're fracking or you're bringing up oil from the ground, like you have oil spills. Like, just just do. Now, it wouldn't matter if we had, like, water spills. Like, that's great. Everybody can benefit from that. But these are oil spills, and oil spills are notoriously dangerous to clean up, and they kill wildlife in these wildlife reserves, which is why people are opposed to opening up federal protected lands for drilling, right? That's why. That's the only reason. And my argument to everybody else, it's like, if you're so gung-ho for this, open up your front goddamn yard to drilling, and we'll see how your kids like playing in that. Like, go ahead. Do that. Put your money where your mouth is. But don't, like, take these pristine places on Earth that we're barely holding on to. Could you imagine what it would be like to do it in, like, the Pine Barrens in, 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 in the, um, on the east end of Long Island? Dude, it's beautiful there. You want to drill for oil, like, on Fire Island? You think that's going to be cool? You think that's going to be clean? Of course not, right? So it's a stupid argument. But so Biden has been doing that. He has been canceling. But he's been um, he's been allowing more and more drilling and licenses, which has been not something he was supposed to do. And people on the left are mad. It doesn't cross over into a major concern for me until we get into the, the nationally protected forest, because that's I feel like that's all of our stuff, and we should keep those. But it has been pissing off progressives. But here's the best. So I just said the Republicans have been slamming him, uh, been slamming him for a long time, actually, about gas prices. In fact, this is from the political article. Uh, it says, in one campaign ad, former Vice President Mike Pence pretends to fill his pickup truck. It's hysterical, right, because he's not doing it. But he pretends to fill his pickup truck and blames Biden's energy policy for, quote, causing real hardship for Americans, while ex-South Governor um, Governor Nikki Haley has vowed to bring oil production back to the United States. And Senator Tim Scott, the Republican from South Carolina, is also running for president, railed last month at the Biden administration, which he asserted, quote, has shut down energy production in America. Quote, why won't this president tap into our abundant energy sources here at home and bring down prices at the pump? Here's the thing. It goes on to say right here. In fact, in fact, though, oil production from federal lands and waters has risen on Biden's watch, reaching past 3 million barrels per day last year. The high mark during President Donald Trump's term was 2.75 million barrels a day. So I want you to hear exactly what that is, right? Under the Biden administration, the, the United States of America is producing more barrels per day than they ever did under the Trump administration. Uh, and... Um, as glo- uh, where is it? U.S. oil production is forecast to average an all-time high of 12.8 million barrels a day this year, and keep growing to 13.1 million in 2024. We have the highest level of oil production that we have ever had. We're also one of the leaders in the world of oil production, but the Republicans keep slamming Biden, the Biden administration, saying falsely that we are not producing more oil, that we're producing less oil than we did under Trump. That's a lie. They know it's a lie, and they keep doing it anyway, right? So let's be very clear. The Republicans are lying to you. They know they're lying to you, 
And they're doing it on purpose and going to continue to do it because it's a talking point. That's fine. That I totally expect. Politicians lie, especially Republicans. But here's the bitch of it. And this was the real kicker for me. Because Biden ran on reducing our dependence on fossil fuel, he said that he was going to cancel licenses and restrict licenses for new drilling. He's partially done that. But he also said he would restrict production on fossil fuels and stuff because we're trying to bring down greenhouse gases. We're trying to do this green initiative. We want less oil in the system, therefore less carbon dioxide and methane in the air. We want that. He ran on that. He's not contradicting anybody on the Republican on the Republican side because he doesn't want to admit he didn't do what he promised to do in his campaign. These dudes are lying to serve themselves constantly. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. They lie to serve their own purposes. And I get that. But dude, and Jesus Christ, knock it off. This is knowable stuff that you can just look up. And I even sent this to a couple of people, a couple of my Republican friends, and I said, you should check this out because you can go on the Department of Energy site and verify that this is actually true. And both of them were like, I can't really believe this. Like, this is complete nonsense. And it's so funny because, like, I know that Republicans would be lying about that, but I didn't know they were lying about it because nobody in the Biden administration bothers to correct them because it makes them look bad because they basically broke a campaign promise. And honestly, if you want to line up all the presidents that have broken a campaign promise, you might as well dig them all up because every single one of them has done it. It's not a reason to let people not have factual information. And for Christ's sake, call these liars out for lying. And yes, you could argue that it's just as bad to lie by omission and not correct them because it is. But honestly, like these guys are knowingly and publicly and continually lying about something that they know to be false. And that is who is running for president on the right. I mean, Jesus Christ. And nobody feels like standing up for anybody. Like any of the facts, any of the truth, except God bless them, people in Politico, people in Young Turks, and your incredibly overtired host of the Hard Rock Lunchbox, who's just doing his goddamn best. And has gone over by seven minutes. So here's some music. Whether or not you think you deserve it, I think you deserve it. And since I'm not a Republican, I'm probably telling the truth.
give you a rundown on proper hard rock lunch box new songs this week, plus an old one I want to get to. 15 times roughly. I don't I don't think we're going to make it. <laughs> to be firm, God, looks like some of these are going to have to go into next week, and that's fine. I'll just I'll shut up for now. I'll get some music in in, in play here, and then I'll, I'll just talk a little bit later. Uh, we've also got new music in from Mel, so uh, I guess you can plan to really pay attention around one or just go do something completely else for about four minutes. Either one is completely fine. In the meantime, we've got some brand new Spirit Box. I'm really digging this band. They're just like putting up nothing but three-pointers. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, a little brand new music from In This Moment. I feel like I'm 50-50 with that band. I dug that one just because how, like, dirty that sounded. Like, it just uh, had a nice dirty riff on it. I'm a huge fan of that. Like I said, I was out walking in 432-degree heat yesterday, so I was, like, liking a lot of stuff and not liking a lot of other stuff. So it might be... It might be it might be subject to what I was enjoying, depending on where I was. I definitely was walking under the Northern State overpass at one point, and I was like, it is nice and cool in here. I totally understand why people live here. I also figured that I really like this Memphis May Supplier song, so who knows who knows what's happening next. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Alright, at this point, any regular listener of the Hard Rock Lunch Box would probably be hard pressed to forget the musical genius, and I'm air-quoting genius, that is Cows with Guns. Well, it turns out that Dana Lyons has more than one song. Why? I have no idea, but I think we all know who we have to thank for this. And it's Mel's Musical Moment of the Week, and it's hopefully not going to be a classic. Hard Rock Lunch Box so I've said for years, the thing I really like about System of a Down is is because of their culture and their heritage. Now, granted, I don't know this at all. I am making a huge assumption. But because of their culture and their heritage, they have the the they tend they have the tendency to lean more towards non Western notes, right? A lot of those sounds you hear in Middle Eastern, Slavic uh, and the uh, you know, South former Soviet Union, like Armenian, and like that sort of those sounds, those chord changes, those progressions, those uh, scales, and I just always love that they've been able to just sort of incorporate that. And in my head, it's that you know their grandmothers sang to them these Armenian lullabies, and those are you know what I mean. Like that's not. 
It's like when you listen to like Gregorian chants and all of a sudden all these other notes become available to you. When you were just listening to like pop stuff, like all you really come up with is, uh, you know, Britney Spears, like, oh, babe, 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 you know, that I just, I always like that. I always love the inspiration that is from the, the music and sounds around you. I think it was one of the reasons that the Beatles did so well when they came back from their trip to India and wrote all these new songs. They were immersed in all these uh, in all these new sounds and were able to just sort of create, uh, which sort of segues me over to this. So, um, a million years ago, give or take, I was in a band uh, called Rihanna Page, uh, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because Rihanna would go on to sing the female lead. In Quiet Mind on Rebel Nine's Reality Crush, but that's how I know her. Uh, I was in her band. I was 19, 18. I was young. I was 18 or 19 years old. I was in that band, and we were playing all around the Northeast. Uh, and Rihanna herself was actually a huge pop star, like had a Polydor deal and everything, uh, but didn't want to do pop music anymore. Wanted to do uh, stuff. If you're ever interested, I can play you some stuff from uh, her EP. Or, no, full record, One Girl's Story that was very Floyd, Pink Floyd-driven sounding. Very the antithesis of pop at the time. So I was in that band. Uh, I was the lead guitar player in that band. And we, because we were doing so well, and again, I'm telling you this like I was a part of this. Like, I was not, like, I was I was in the band. And that was literally what it was. It was one of the greater times I've ever had because I wasn't running anything. I wasn't writing anything. In fact, I had my own band on the side. Uh, at the time, I think that band was... Was that Sufferful? No, it might have been even earlier. Um, yeah, it might have been like pure... Or it might even have been Zero Tolerance. I don't even really, really remember. But I had my own band on the side. And uh, so I wasn't writing, I wasn't managing, I wasn't running anything. So I just got to show up and be the talent. It was just... It was freaking awesome. I mean, it was really just such a great way. Like, I understand like why like my band members want to do that so much because it's it's really awesome when somebody else just does kind of like all the work for you, all the booking and the writing and stuff like that. Like, and that's not throwing shade to them. I know lots of other bands where people are just like the dudes in the band. It is like if I can recommend it, man. Oof. I mean, you got to be able to let go some of the control stuff, and I'm you know I'm happy to say that I'm able to do those sort of things. And whenever I've been in somebody else's band, even temporarily, I've been able to do that. I just always needed an outlet for my own stuff, but it's fun. Like, I, I had actually seriously considered playing bass in Kaz's side project just for the the ease of doing it, you know? But, like, right now with kind of all the medical stuff that I'm doing, I can't play as good as I used to be able to play. Probably not a good time for me to add to that so I can do my own lesson. Anyway, so at the height of what Rihanna Page was doing, there was a very, very big... And like vivid and and like strong music scene between uh, kind of like Western Long Island and New York City, uh, bands like the Poets and One Groovy Coconut and um, just drawing some blanks. Um, uh, Why well, can't I remember the name of some of those bands? Uh, Christ Complex was in there. Bunch of bands, and we all were asked by the lead guy from the band called The Poets to get together and do a Beatles tribute. It was a double record. We were all going to do a Beatles tribute. And it could be Beatles specifically or, uh, you know, Beatles, uh, you know, adjacent or whatever. Um, And we were all asked to do this. And we had the rights to do it. 
And there is a really, really incredibly good lesson to be learned by how that project fell apart. But it did get released, and it was out for a while at Tower Records, and like was doing very well, and had some real play until the people that put it together got sued by Paul McCartney, and that's the story where you you learn a lot of lessons about copyrights and stuff like that, and what exactly you need to go forward. So, but I'm not going to bore you with that here. But what I was able to do is dig up our track for that song, and um, again, like I had no say on it. Uh, like I was just, this is the song we were doing, but I, what, what I was given was freedom to sort of write my parts. There were some things that had to be hit in the guitar solo, and um, I, for anybody in my band, they will know how familiar that particular phrasing goes, because I say that to them all the time. Like, you have to hit this, you have to hit this, all the rest is up for debate, right? Like, so sometimes things are important, you have to... Like, even when we did Dirty Deeds, like, the guitar ascend in the solo, I told Kaz, I was like, you have to hit that, because every guitar player in the world knows that part. You have to get that. All the rest of it, you know, get as close as you want, you know, add something new, add some flavor. Those are the instructions I was given. That is why I instruct my band the way I do these days, because of those kinds of instructions, that freedom and that understanding of the song you're trying to promote. But I will say we did a really, really good job, in my opinion. Uh, and I just like the fact that I was just basically a kid playing on what would end up being like a major release. It could have actually been something had, uh, had all the paperwork been done properly. But I dug it up for you. I thought you might find it interesting. Maybe not. But, you know. You'll get your five minutes back at some point. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Uh, so, two really cool musical things happened to me on my walk yesterday. My walkabout, as they say in Australia. Not that I was in Australia, but if I was, that's what they would have called it. Uh, one, I'm going to talk about at the end of this break, uh, or after the next break, because I'm not sure who this is going to apply to, so I'm not entirely sure who's going to enjoy it or not. But, like, this one, I think a lot of us can get behind, because there are a few things I enjoy more than hearing a brand new Beartooth song, especially when I didn't know there was a brand new Beartooth song. So, it was a surprise for me, and if it's a surprise for you, then be, let me be the first to say, hey, surprise. <laughs> Hard Rock Lunch Box. Got some more brand new music from Polaris. Digging this new record for sure. So here's what I read. I can't tell you what year it was because it was so goddamn long ago. But in that same scene roughly around the time that I was still in Rihanna Page. Um, the music scene out here on the island was just way better, in my opinion. Uh, clubs were better. Venues were better. Uh, and one of the venues I used to go to, and I cannot for the life remember where it was. I think it might have been in Bayshore. It could have been in Deer Park. I really just don't remember. It was a place called Voodoo. And it was cool because it had several different rooms and had several different types of music. And I do remember the one bar that I used to hang out the most had, like, um, low light had like a low light um, tank with like scorpions in it that actually like had they they did something under ultraviolet light. I don't they were look they look different. I was also I was drinking a lot, uh, but they had that that place and I remember 
Um, they just had some of the greatest music going on. Because they had different rooms, you could just really just sort of rotate in and out of different stuff. But it was the first place that I ever heard a band called Ministry. Uh, and if you don't know who Ministry is, that's cool. I didn't even know they were still together. Uh, but they had their biggest hit is like Jesus Built My Hot Rod. And my favorite song from them is a song called Psalm 69, which I'll probably grab for you for next week so we can just sort of just give a listen. Maybe not necessarily a deep dive, but just like, you know, sort of historical reference. But while I was walking yesterday, I was incredibly psyched to find out because uh, it just came up on my uh, release radar that Ministry has a brand new song out. The Ministry has a very specific sound, and this is very true to that sound. And I'm going to just say right now, you're either going to like it or you don't. But if you like sing-along songs, this probably isn't for you. It's all about vibe and energy and intensity. And Ministry has been doing this forever. In my opinion, it's a, it's the where Nine Inch Nails would have gone if they decided to go less into the pop area and more into the industrial area, kind of around the time they were doing, like, Wish. And uh, it was just always right up my alley. And as much as I think this song is great, it, I don't think it's as good as, like, you know, anything off of the Psalm 69 record. But I do think it's really good, and it was really, really nice to hear it. So maybe you'll like it, too, for the first time probably ever on the box. But maybe not. Maybe I played Jesus, built my heart on Here's a little ministry. The song's called Goddamn White Trash. And if you don't laugh a little bit at that, <laughs> you are listening to the wrong show. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, at the end of September, the Neon Skylines releasing their long-awaited debut EP. Uh, it's going to be September 23rd. I honestly don't remember where it's going to be. Some soundstage on the south shore of Long Island. Uh, but I'm sure you can get all the details from the incredibly incessant number of posts that are going on about the show. Uh, check it out. And here's that lead single. It's called Five. On the box. Do you know? 
Lunchbox. I really sit about 50-50 on Ballyhoo stuff, and I know I tend to lean more towards the punk rock stuff than the reggae stuff, but some reggae stuff is just so goddamn good, and this be one of them. Hard Rock Lunchbox. Yeah, man, that sound means it's time for one thing as your weekly craving of the week. Uh, yeah. I was going to say they they have their show. They're playing with Neon Skyline on the 23rd. I do not know when what craving schedule is going forward. I should probably try and find out so I don't keep saying that every week. But at least I know here on Thursdays it's time for your weekly craving of the week with Craving Strange on the box. Hello. Greetings. 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 Hello. Hi there.
man. It's a classic from Craving Strange, and that means we are at the end of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. i got one more for you on deck that I think you're going to love, or at least dance a little to, maybe tap your foot. I don't know. I don't know what it is you guys do in the privacy of your own office or home or wherever it is you are, but I do want to thank you for listening to the Hard Rock Lunchbox today and spending some of your Thursday afternoon with everybody here, being part of the chat, being part of the live situation, even being part of the replay. Don't forget to give a watch and a like and a subscribe to everything on Stranger TV, including the Top 20, uh, which will be out. Uh, there's a new episode out today, and there'll be a new one out next Thursday and probably till the very day I die at this rate. So. Be careful out there. It's hot as F. And remember, if you're going to consume a lot of sweets, you might get a sugar high. And with that, I will show myself out. See you next week. Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.